0: If you are going to enter into any level of newness, elevating God's position in your life is the number one requirement. There are some things mm-hmm. that we're going to have to do his way.
1: You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnell J. Harmon. If you're ready for high-level conversations that position and prepare you to move your company, cash flow, and connection to and beyond the million-dollar mark, let's get this party started. episode is powered by the Move to Millions Quick Start Guide. If you are wondering what it's going to take to move your business to and beyond the million dollar mark, I got you. Stop what you're doing and go to www.movetomillions.com to download your free copy of the Quick Start Guide. In today's episode, I have a treat for you. I sit down with Shana Rattler and she says, A God shift is imminent when you elevate God's position in your life. Listen to me. This conversation was straight fire. If you are a person who has been, as she calls it, splintered into, do I focus on God or do I focus on my business? Can I love God and make money? this conversation is for you the answer is simply that you need to listen to what shana and i get into to learn exactly step by step how you can make a god shift happen in your own life experience shana and i have actually known each other for quite some time we met initially Back in 2014, she was speaking at an event that I was attending, and then we reconnected in, as she told me during the episode, 2018 at an event where we were both speaking, and we've had such an amazing connection ever since. Shana has helped thousands of individuals and organizations achieve personal and organizational growth. She is the host of the God Shift podcast and the God Shift TV show. As a prophetic minister, speaker, and author, she is passionate about helping others shift from disruption into their God-ordained destinies. Let me just tell you, I cannot give you one favorite thing that happened during this conversation. There were so many. I have so many notes. It's not even funny. I want you to grab pen and paper and get ready to experience a God shift firsthand. Let's jump into my interview with Shayna Rattler. Shana, Shayna! welcome to the Move to Millions podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having
0: me. I'm excited to be here.
1: I'm excited for you to be here too, like for a myriad of reasons, just to bring those who will listen to this episode in. Shana and I met, I don't even know when it was. I know who was the catalyst for us meeting, but I don't even know how many years ago, maybe 2014.
0: Well, I know that we knew of each other long before we actually were in each other's presence. We yeah. didn't meet in person until we were at the very first Black CEO event.
1: In yes. But
0: I think yes. we already knew each other was way before that. Yeah, uh, I think that was the very first time that we had actually met in person. And that was in 2017.
1: Oh, 17. Okay. Oh, you know what? I'm probably thinking about, gosh, why can I not call her name? The event, the corporate event that you were speaking at that year is what I'm thinking about. But anywho, it doesn't matter. (laughs) What's the deal now? That's all that matters, right? So why don't you just take a quick moment and tell everybody who you are in your own words?
0: Absolutely. So I was a quote unquote, I know y'all can't see me, but I was a quote unquote business only girl from 2007 until 2018. And I knew that I was living a siloed life, meaning that I always felt like I had to be business Shayna, In one part of my life, and I was Jesus Shayna in another part of my life. And you got Jesus Shayna if you hired Business Shayna, but I always felt splintered. I was always looking for a way to merge those two lanes. I was always looking for an umbrella that I could just be everything who I was on the forefront, not just on the back end. And so in 2018, I had a very successful business. I was speaking all over the world, I was making multiple six figures. And it dried up and, you know, to not bore everyone with all of the details, it was because God was calling me to ministry. And he said to me, like, listen, I don't want you to change a whole lot about yourself because the voices that are going to be assigned to you that I actually need you to bring to me, they're going to relate to you. They're going to relate to your funny personality, your country wittiness, your six inch heels and your big, bold, you know, necklaces he said, but I want you to take the gifts and skills and abilities that you've been using to build the marketplace. And I want you to use those to help me build the kingdom. And that was my very first, what I refer to as a God shift because mm-hmm. he, he knows how I am. Had he have allowed my business and my life to continue to flourish and continue to yield the results that it always had, I would have been like, is he talking to you? Me neither, because (laughs) I still feel like I'm one of the least likely. But at that time, I was really looking for all of the ways to disqualify myself. And I would have never paid attention to that nudging. Mm-hmm. So I've never paid attention to all of those indications that were being dropped in my life had he not have allowed things to, to dry up. But I was in my what the hell is going on moment. My recent book, A God Shift, I opened it up saying what the hell is going on. I believe that this is six words that many believers ask at one point or another in their life because I was like, dang, Lord, like you just told me to write this book. I just spent $32,000 on this book launch and it didn't yield results. And now a month later, you want me to go do something different? Mm-hmm. Like, where's my money? Like, it's April. And I have, I've only made about 15% of the money in the, that I would have normally made by this time of the year. And I'm like, I've hired the coaches. I've hired the consultants. I've implemented the systems. I have bought the software, done all the things that I've always done, and nothing. Everything I touch turned to dirt. Wow. So at- You fast forward to what it is that I'm doing in ministry. I'm the founder of the God Shift Movement, where we help you to embrace disruption, collide with God's purpose, and move into a greater destiny. So I believe that, you know, God uses things like that in our lives. He uses disruption. He uses unexpected circumstances to get our attention because we're pursuing the wrong path, whether that's something physically, in a relationship, maybe it's your mindset, anything that we're putting energy into that is not on the path that he has designed for us he's committed to his results for our lives. So he's going to do whatever he has to do to get our attention, to get us where it is that he really desires us to, to be and who it is that he desires us to become. And so that's what a God movement is, is helping you figure out when that disruption comes, when those unexpected circumstances come into your life, how do you identify what it is that you're supposed to see, where you're supposed to
1: learn? And for many of us, where does he need us next? Wow. Okay. So you said a whole, whole mouthful, but it was so good. And there's, So many things I just want to pull on a little bit because I think that, you know, so many people have this same dichotomy. You said I felt splintered. Like I remember for myself, you know, I was a a separate church and state girl. Like, you know, most of us, especially when you come out of corporate America, because it ain't cool in corporate to be calling on the name Jesus. Right. It's just it's not real cool. And so I remember for me, it was 20 13, no, yeah, 2013 when I was hosting my live events and I woke up on day three and I had this massive unction in my spirit. And so I didn't, my makeup lady hadn't come yet. And so I went down to the meeting room and I just started praying in my prayer language over every seat. And I'm in there and I'm like really getting the spirit set and the door flings open. And this woman walks in who had registered for the event the day before it started, who came to me during the welcome reception and says, I don't have a business. I don't even know why I'm here. God just told me to come. And I was like, well, God bless you. Right. I'm happy you're here. And she walked in and she said, you know, I have a word for you from the Lord. And I was like, "Okay, cool. I love it when God speaks to me. And she said, God says, if you would take a bold stand for him, he would make it easy for you. So this was 2013. And so the only thing I changed in my business was that I became forthright about my own relationship with God. Now I say, and this probably confuses some people, it might even piss other people off, but I I don't care. But I say, I subscribe to the doctrines of Christianity. And here's what I mean. I mean, and I know you get it, right? I'm not for religion. I'm not for all of the do's and don'ts. I'm for the fullness of God. And I believe that unfortunately for most of us, We came to this country with nothing. We came here as property and we practiced the version of religion they gave us. Yes. And what they gave us was limiting God from day one. And so I happened to have access to the fullness of God. And so that is the mantle on which I stand. And so I decided that I was going to become bold about it. The next year, Shana, oh, let me say this. So we had 68 people at that event. The next year we had 265 people. Darnell didn't do anything else except say that this event is going to be a spiritual awakening for you. We had Muslims who came from Saudi Arabia. We had, I mean, atheists from all over the place because, you know, atheists live everywhere, right? We had Catholics. We had everybody. Everybody was there at the business events The I will never forget. One of the Muslims took the microphone and said, if I knew God like this, I would still be a Christian. Yes. And it was just, it was a God shift before I knew that that's what it was called because God hadn't given that to you yet. And so I get the feeling splintered. I get the trying to reconcile which part of you is for the marketplace, right? And so, you know, I want to talk about that a little bit more and then we can swing back to your movement and and how this all culminates because I do agree that disruption is often what God uses to get our attention, to get us on the path that they, they want. But I know that right now there are, thousands of people listening around the world that are battling with, do I love God or do I make money? Yeah, You know, and my thing is you don't have to choose. You can love God and make boatloads of money. But the question is always, how do I do it, right? Without offending, like they're worried about being offensive. I say, I hope I offend you. I hope I offend you so much that you, you lunge into God. That's what I hope happens. But yeah, that's what I want to talk about. So Let's say you just finished a talk, right? And it wasn't a openly ministerial talk, right? You were at some business conference and they invited you to share because you've been able to converge the marketplace and ministry together in such a way that is edifying and uplifting. And someone comes up to you and they may or may not be a believer, right? Oh, no, no. Let's say, let's assume they are a believer, but they are a closet believer like many of us start out, right? They're feeling splintered and they say, you make it seem so easy. What's the first step? What is the first thing I do if I want to bring my faith into my work without having to be worried about someone being offended by it? What would you say to them?
0: The first thing I would tell them is that it doesn't have to look like what you're assuming it has to look like. You don't have to take your Bible to the water cooler. You don't have to have scriptures posted all over your, your office you know, when people say, good morning, how are you? You don't have to say blessed and highly favored, (laughs) right? Like your faith does not have to be visible in a, like, let me, let me say it this way. Your faith can be visible without it being visible. And what I mean by that is when you come to work, do they see a light in your life? Do they see you behaving in a way that makes them go, man, I wish I could behave in that way when we just found out we're being laid off. Man, I wish I could behave in that way when the boss just ripped us a, a new one in the morning meeting. You know, yeah. people want to know what does it look like on a day-to-day basis? What right. does it look like when I'm struggling? And to be honest with you, I believe all that, oh, oh blessed and highly
1: favored, where well, you're probably not. Because if you have to say it, you're probably not. That part, yeah, that's so true. Like I remember so many stories of people who are like, like, and this is not a necessarily about God, but I'm authentic girl. If you got to tell not. me who authentic, then I know you're not. Cause why exactly. do you have to tell me? Why can I not just see it? But I love what you just said. And it, it just made me think about back in 2009, I was hosting my very first event and my event planner was a atheist. And she was very offended by all of the scriptures because I was, you know, I was, you touch me and I speak in tongues. That's who I was coming to the marketplace. And she was just like, you're going to offend. You've got a lot of corporate people coming. They're going to be offended. You need to get rid of all of this. And the only thing I knew to do at that time was to pray. And I was like, well, I'm not just taking your word for it because you don't even serve the God that I serve. But I prayed. And what God told me was everybody needs to feel me, but not everyone's ready to see me. To see me. Yeah. And so when I just heard you say it doesn't have to look like you think it has to look and that your faith can be visible without it being visible. Well, that's what I heard again. Right. Yeah. And so I think an additional question, because I love what you said about, like, can they see your light even in the midst of darkness? Right. Darkness yeah. being the layoff or whatever yeah, yeah. is coming. How can you make sure that at all turns who you are representing is of goodness, of grace of mercy, right? We have to make sure that we're not sensationalizing even spirituality because there are those people who are like work, pray, slay. Like don't be putting Jesus up in that slay stuff. Don't be putting Jesus up in that mess. (laughs) Right. Like don't be doing that. But I think that that is so good because there's so many people who are, they are splintered. They're really struggling. So the first step again is it doesn't have to look like you think it has to look. You don't have to respond religiously and anecdotally to every single command right it's just about your presence your understanding and embodiment of who it is that you know that you are because of the god that is in you right Right. and then what do i do next so i get rid of all of the things that make me religious and i just i take on that personament that i know i just made up a word but i personify that now what i want to set some people free
0: You're not going to be able to do it on your own. That's Mm -hmm. never the way that it was intended to be. If you really want to live the way that God is is intending for you to live, you have to trust the God that's in you. Mm -hmm. Because if you're trying to figure out what to do and what not to do, that's the moment that you're probably going to mess it up. So what I can say to you is that if you are spending time with God, In the presence of God, in your private time, if you are praying, if you are meditating on his word, if you are spending quiet time with him in the morning, know that if you subscribe to the tribute, meaning the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the portion of God that gives you the power to be and do and move the way that that he desires you to move. It's not you moving on your own. But if you spend enough time with God and God is in you, you have to trust that he is going to operate through you in the way that he desires, Mm -hmm. because especially if you're new to trying to figure out how you do this, if you try to do it in your own spirit, if you try to do it in your own might and power, you're going to mess it up. And that's where religion got to the point that it is now that people have this whole slogan that just drives me, makes my skin crawl. I get it, but I hate that it ever had to be here. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Well, the kingdom was never designed to be religious to begin right. with. You know, the rules and, and things of that nature that happened way back in the day, the Lord said he knew he couldn't keep, they couldn't keep those rules, you know. Right. But there were certain things that had to happen under the old covenant in order to get Jesus into the earth. But it right. was never designed for us to have all these, you have to do this, you can't do that. That's the way
1: that, that it was never designed. But you have all these denominations. I say, but That's how it's we, taught. And yeah. that's what we believe. And because yeah. we don't seek him for ourselves, that's yeah. what we end up in. Because that, that was my end. story. Yeah, I blew the dust off of my Bible on Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah, And other than that, I didn't go into it until I had a cataclysmic life experience. Something that happened to me. I'm in the church. Yeah. Listen, I had, I had, I was very clear when something happened to me in the church that it wasn't God. I don't even know where that clarity came from because the likely suspects would have been God. I was in the church. These are people in the church who did this to me. But yeah. in that moment, I realized that it wasn't God. And it was that moment that I decided, you know what, I need to figure this out for Danielle Antoinette. What does this look like? And what does this really mean? And I, Shayna, I read the Torah, which is really just the first five books of the Bible, right? I read the Quran. I read them all because I was like, I need to understand what's going on here and I need to figure it out. And what I found distinctly is that the principles were the same. And then I started looking into, and then I came into just Christianity and looking at all of the denominational subsets, all of the divisiveness and went into the New Testament and reading Paul talk about all of the various church, like all of the things and was just like, oh, like yeah. they were right. Everything really <laughs> is the Bible. If you would just open it and read it, but yeah. open it and reading it through your own lens and not what someone else is telling you should be the truth. Because what this is what how I realized that a lot of what is taught is based on what they gave us. Like they didn't even, we didn't even have the full Bible. And even though now we have the full Bible, most people aren't reading it. They're regurgitating what they've learned right there. And we've seen movies with this, where they're like, why don't you preach daddy's old sermon on such? And so you just go get his notes and you preach it the same exact way that he preached it instead of getting a new revelation, a revelation that is actually going to deliver and set free. And I think that it's so important that we say that. And I'm going to pull us back for a second, just for those of you who are listening. The reason why this conversation is so important for us to be having right now is because the reason many of you are splintered and not able to experience the fullness of God is that you've only been open to the way you heard it first. Yeah. The Bible says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. So you're in an opportunity now to experience a new thing and to go back into the word for those of you who are readers and partakers of it and see, it. ask for revelation before you go into it. Ask that it be revealed to you in a new way that you might see something that you hadn't yet seen that would influence your ability to be successful for those of you who are also in the marketplace. One of the reasons, Shana, that I in taking up my mantle and taking a bold stand for God have completely shifted the way that I work with clients to indoctrinate these principles, to teach them the word. We have a prophetic coach on our team that teach them how to hear the voice of God for themselves so that they don't have to be prophet junkies waiting for someone else to tell them what God is saying so that they can know that they have the power within them to be able to hear from God. And the reason we do that is because I am 100% confident, right? And I know the Bible says, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. I am fully persuaded in my own mind that if you desire to experience life at the next level, whatever that means for you, then God has to be in it. Mm -hmm. Like it's not possible without it. And I feel like, you know, so many people, they're battling, they're straddling the fence because they wanna be mainstream and popular And they don't believe that that's going to be possible if they do something that is offensive. And so now I want to I want us to shift a little bit. You said something earlier about the mission of the movement and this this mantle of disruption. Yeah. And so I personally believe that disruption is a big part of the MO of God. Right. And disruption is not always bad. I was the just disruption is always a shift, so talk a little bit about i know you you started telling the story about your own disruption, but talk a little bit about that particular tenet inside of the God shift movement and how you use disruption for individuals to be able to converge in such a way that they get to experience the shift that God wants them to experience,
0: yeah, I want to unpack what you said just a little bit more about the fact that disruption doesn't always have to be something that's negative. Mm -hmm. I believe that those are the ones that often get our attention the most. Those are the ones that we remember the most. Those are the disappointments and the delays and the detours and all the things that didn't go right. Oh, I don't have what I want to have. I'm not where I want to be. But what about those times when you've accomplished everything that you've wanted to do, but you still have that inkling that there's another level of success on your name with it? What about those disruptions where it's like, yeah, you may have had to move to the other side of the country, but you're now, living the life of your dreams and making more money than you've ever made. So disruption does not always have to be something negative, but it is always an invitation. Mm, Because I believe that regardless of what you've done or what you have not done yet, I believe that there's another level of destiny for us. But a God shift is going to be required in order to access it or in order to reveal it. And I think that your life is the perfect testimony to the fact that if you are going to be someone new. If you are going to enter into any level of newness, elevating God's position in your life is the number one requirement. There's some things Mm -hmm. that we're going to have to do his way. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it doesn't always have to be a major thing. It doesn't always have to be an overhaul. Sometimes it's that 15 degree shift. You said yourself, the only thing that I did different was this one thing. And I went from 60 something to 260 something. Yeah. But you did put him first. You did elevate his position in your life in order because, listen, he wants you to have more than you even
1: know you should ask for. Come on. Like he is so in it for the glory. And that others seeing you experience the influence of what it's like to know God might seek them for himself. Now it is a little disjointed, right? Because it's often the material things that bring people to to him, right? But you know what? But God is even okay with that. He's
0: okay with that too. My grandma used to say, you can have stuff, just don't let stuff have you. Let's just debunk this myth that God is this cruel father that's sitting with a staff, waiting to condemn us, waiting Mm -hmm. to beat us, waiting to, you, you know, like, He's not sitting there waiting for you to do something wrong because he can't wait to disappoint you because he can't wait to discipline, discipline you, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not even how he operates. He wants you to have what you don't even know you want.
1: Yeah.
0: Like the whole thing of like, oh, I can't have God and money and all this other stuff.
1: Do you know that they talk about money in the Bible more than they talk about 800 anything? times, ma'am. Because he wants you to have times. it. Yes, you know because it's the it's the most important time. Listen, this is my I love talking about this, but and when people invite me to speak, I'm like, yeah, let me talk about God and money, please, 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 please let me talk about that because that's my favorite thing to talk about. Eight hundred times, yeah, the parables, thirty nine, no, forty nine percent of the parables are about money, are about money, because For it's reason, that important to Yeah, because because so how my- how can you be like I would never follow anyone who was professing God, but was broke and broke down. I'm just not going to do it. Like I'm not, there ain't nothing attractive and sexy about that. Like, who wants that, right? So, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Let me be quiet. I cut you off. What I, was was, I learned a long time ago. I don't know if I was learned or told it don't matter,
0: but they said, you know, the more money you make, the more people you can impact. You say you're in business because you want to have impact and influence. Yeah. Well, you can't do either of those things if you're broke. You know, and I've got some big things that I want to do for people. And I've always said like, hey, I've got these things that I want to do when I don't have to make money from it. Well, the only way that I can ever get there is when I'm making so much money and these other things that I'm doing that I don't have to rely on an income from those other things. And I know that those are things that God placed on my heart. Yeah. So we have to debunk the myth that he's just sitting around being this cruel father that can't wait to discipline us. He wants us to have things. He wants us to live life and live it more abundantly. And that includes stuff. That includes money. Yes, it includes health. Yes, it includes love. It includes all of those things. But He also desires that that we put him first and that we do things some of the ways that he desires. He doesn't want us to be walking around, you know, just talking to people any old kind of way just because we can. You know, last night I was on a call Um, I'm in this ministry school and they were talking about the difference between the fruits of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And they said, you don't need the Lord in you for the fruits of the spirit to manifest love patience and kindness and whatever all of them are. You don't really need God in you to do those things. Those are things that you should strive for your life to demonstrate regardless. Right. But if you really want to get where you're going, if you really want that next level that we've been talking about for the next 10 or 15 years, he does want you to manifest him in the earth. He does want yeah. people to be able to see the God on you. It's back to what I said. You know, he wants people to come to you and be like, you know what? If I'm going through something, I need to ask this person that looks like they're always happy in spite of. Yeah, yeah. Got to do right, some right. things this way. You've got to elevate his position, and I can guarantee you that when you do that, you'll go from sixty to two sixty, whatever right. your sixty and two sixty is. Right. You and it don't have to take all night.
1: And it doesn't like. It wasn't it like that my event quick
0: in 2009 work. was 60 and my event in 2021 was 268. No, the very next event you did.
1: Yeah, it's such a quick work. Just the decision to, as you said, I love the way you, you put it, to elevate God's position in your life, right? Once you're yes, the how is none of your business. Tell them You them again, didn't have please.
0: to then go back and say, all right, team, what do we want to do? It, not to say that you, you're not strategic because right, there's a strategy absolutely. behind everything we do. But you could have continued to do the same level of marketing. You could have continued to do the same level of nurturing. Everything you do to fill seats and you still would have had 268 because you elevated his
1: position. Oh, absolutely. The how and is going to business. Right. And I, I say that all the time. The how is isn't your, it's not your job. Stop trying to do God's job, right? Just make the decision. Clear your heart of any unforgiveness so that you are in alignment with the vessel that God formed or new before you were in your mother's womb and watch him work. Yeah. He is not a man that he shall lie as numbers tells us, right? Nor the son of man that he should repent. Of. If he said it, it will come to pass. The key is. And if, it say, hasn't, and if it hasn't,
0: you're not ready. Right. You're the only one that can get ready.
1: Yeah. And that alignment piece is real. I was talking about that yesterday. Just how, as soon as you're in alignment, you experience the flow. And it does happen just like that. Yeah. So people take all of this time to get into alignment when it really doesn't have to be hard, Yeah. right? It doesn't have to be hard. See yourself the way that he sees you. Get rid of whomever did whatever to you. It's over. It didn't take you out. Let it go. And I know I'm probably trivializing it and making it sound so simple, but I wasn't there when they wronged you, right? But here's the thing. That thing that they did, what if you looked at it differently? What if they didn't do it to you? What if they did it for you? And what if you could now use that as a point to be able to help somebody else to work through what they've experienced that is in similar regard?
0: Yeah.
1: Like we we are holding on to so many things that we don't have to and we're, and it's coming out in our businesses. Yes. Right? Like the first thing that I change whenever I'm working with someone, it isn't the strategy, it's their alignment. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Often, that's the only thing we change, Shana. I'm like, okay, because well, let's do some work around this. The strategy is not going to work. It's not. The how to's
0: are never the issue. No. The how to's are the easiest to find. You can Google most of the how to's. Right. You know, the how to is never the make or break, it never hinges the door open or close. It's not the strategy. It's yeah. those other things that, like, you can't get through the door because you've got too much crap you're carrying.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Your strategy can open the door, but are you carrying too much to walk through it?
1: Yeah, I totally 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 agree, which I think is such an important thing for people to understand, right? Like if you really want to whatever your heart's desire is, like for those of you who are clear enough to even visualize what it is that you want, cuz that is the first step, right? Like yeah. you you have to see it before you'll be able to see it. Yeah. So actually going through the process, like I think about Ephesians three and twenty, right? The scripture says you can do exceedingly and abundantly above all. I can't even tell you what the scripture says. The point I'm trying to get to in the scripture is even more than you imagine. That's the part I'm trying to get to. Yeah, even more than you can visualize, right? Or the First Corinthians two: Your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard, neither has it into your mind what God has for you if you love. The only condition of that scripture is that you love Him. If you love him. If and that shouldn't him. be hard. It shouldn't be. As long as you know God for yourself and you're not riding on the coattails of someone else's relationship yeah, or someone else's interpretation and you're not blaming God for the things that have happened in your life experience. Just because it's allowed doesn't mean it's God who did it. And I know that one is always hard. It's hard for people. Like I feel like when I talk to people who had moved away from God, it is almost always because they lost a loved one. They Mm -hmm. were praying that their life be spared. Yeah. And they didn't, they transitioned and they blamed God because of that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that your prayer wasn't heard. It just means that it was their time. It was their
0: time. And it goes back to what you just said. There are things that he has to allow. There are things that has to happen in your life because if it didn't, you wouldn't get where you are. My son, about 18 months ago, decided to take a leave of absence from his mind and do some things that he shouldn't have been doing. And long story short, he ended up homeless for five months. Mm. Now, everybody doesn't know me like you know me, but you know that I have done everything in my life to make sure that living like that was never an option. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this boy has been riding around in Mercedes Benz since second grade. You know, like, not and not to say that it's material things that make or break your children, but he, he don't know nothing about being, like, he should be the last person on earth that should ever be, be homeless, right? Mm-hmm. And so even though it broke my heart to see some of the things that he was experiencing during that period and some of the, the things that he's having to do to clean up some of the things that happened during that period, those things had to happen yeah. for him to see things the way that he sees them now and for him not to continue to make mistakes like that again. hmm and it's Absolutely. the same It's the same thing with God. He says, I know it didn't feel good, mm-hmm. but it will all work together for your good. And I know my kids, like I say, you know, some of us can be shifted up. Others of us have to be shoved. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes that God mm-hmm. has to allow things in our life to occur to shove us because we ignore the whispers. We ignore the little taps on the shoulder. If we're not hit with a two by four, we would never pay attention. Mm. So he's like, I know my kids. I can't just tell her, don't touch the stove. I gotta make the stove fall on top of her, (laughs) not grease.
1: Right, oh God, it's
0: so true though, it's so true. Yeah, and parents who have multiple children can relate to that. One of your children, you could say, Johnny, don't do that, something bad will happen, and Johnny will never do it. But then you have Jessica, that you have to tell her it's going to happen. You have to let it happen. And you probably have to let it happen again before she's like, oh, okay, I guess you know what you're talking about. Right. Same thing with God. He knows his children and he knows what he has to use to get our attention. Yeah. I I wish I could do that, but I'm not her. I can't get to zero before I could pay attention.
1: Yeah. And it's, I love that because I think sometimes people think that when you are in God, things don't happen to you, right? I heard Bishop T.D. Jake say this the other day. I was watching one of his sermons and he said, the presence of adversity is not the absence of God. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is so good. We
0: have to stop wanting to be people, especially leaders that never go through anything. Yeah. Because I think one of the biggest lies that I was told in business is that if you're doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing, that it's going to be easy. That's yeah. bull crap.
1: That is- That's that's the biggest time
0: it's ever told because, you know, the bigger the goal, oftentimes the bigger the challenges, you know, the more commas, the more problems you have, you know what I mean? And so, no, it doesn't mean, you know, I think sometimes God is testing us. How bad do you really want it? Are you interested or are you committed? You know, will you keep going even when it gets hard? Because yeah. what I really have for you, if you can't do this when it gets when it gets a little dark, then you'll never be able to handle what it is that I have that's above and beyond what you could ask or what you can ask or imagine. Yeah. So I believe that if you're facing adversity, that, that that's a
1: sign that you're on the right track. That's what I say. I always say that. I say there are two indicators that your next level is present. The first is fear. So when you feel fear, you're not supposed to run away from it. You're supposed to say, ah! I'm getting close. And then when all hell is breaking loose, I say, or at least I used to say, when your best times are colliding with your worst times, it is then that you're on the verge of unleashing your incredible. And it is only then, like you could be up and your business could be up and your marriage could be down. Yeah. Right? Like it's totally possible to have that dichotomy going on. And you think that you need to change something in your business in order to get, like, it's a sign that you're on. You're actually moving in the right direction or it's a sign that you've lost focus somehow and you've put in too much of your energy over here and you forgot about making sure that your energy is sh- also here so that you can right the ship. Because if, you, if any side of the ship is heavier than the other, you're gonna tip and then eventually you're going to sink. Yeah, and yeah. that's not God's desire for you either. Yeah. And so I think sometimes because we we take the splintered approach to God and business instead of allowing them to converge, because it's natural. Like, first of all, we are in business to make money. We be. money says, "In God we trust." The foundations of this country, the foundations of this country, are religiously, spiritually based. Based. <laughs> yeah. So why? I mean, yeah, I get the teacher. I mean, not the teacher, the the lady back in the day who said you shouldn't be able to pray in school that got everybody to get on her side That started this whole running amok in terms of separation of church and state and all of that. I get all of that. But everything we touch has a foundation of God. Our political leaders, they give speeches. And at the end of their speeches, they say what? And God bless America, right? And we don't think anything about that. No, but I want to go to corporate America and I want to do a talk on whatever you brought me in to talk about. And I want to pray at the start of my time. And now you're trying to walk me out of the building. Yeah. And why are we allowing that to be okay? Yeah. Everywhere I go, I pray at the start of my talk. That's the first thing I do. I mean, and I've, I've spoken at some fortune tens and they haven't walked me out.
0: Yeah. It's a room.
1: I used to do it on the walk too. And now I'm like, whatever. Yeah. no. And here's the thing. It's the confidence that you have to do that. It's not the fact that you did it because if they listen, if they go to a sporting event, they do the national anthem that talks about God. Yeah. So it's not the fact that you're doing it. It's the fact that you are confident and bold in that space enough to do it. Yeah. And if you do it, they're going to allow it, but yeah. we're so afraid that we're going to offend. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to offend, but I, I want didn't, you didn't to offend so that they look, they figure out how they can get what you got. They're asking themselves, how can I be down? Like yeah. this girl just came in here in and prayed a whole sermon <laughs> and got a check. It's I, I, I can't be down with that instead yeah. of, Oh, but They might be offended and they might walk me out. But guess what? Even if they walk me out, I'm already paid because I show up paid to any engagement I go to. (laughs) I'm not waiting until I get there to get paid. And even if it's not, because there's been times that they're like, oh, well, if
0: you do this, you might lose your job. You might this, set the other thing. And if they do, again, do you honestly think that God is the type of father that if you get slighted because you're honoring (laughs) him, that he's not going to make up for it?
1: Absolutely.
0: I wish people could get to the point where, you know, there's a book about it. There's a, you know, there's a saying in the culture now, like I've got zero F's to give. I mm. wish people could have 0 c k s to give when it comes to God as well. Like, can we get to the point where we're just like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, this is who I am. This is who is in me. This is what I stand for. And I don't care who likes it. We do that in every other area of our lives. Yeah. So why can we not just adopt the notion of, I'm going to be myself and I'm going to do what I stand on. And if something happens as a result of it, I know he's got me. Yeah. It's like your homegirls. If you end up running off at the mouth with somebody and somebody hits you and a bunch of girls get in, I ain't going to be like, well, darn, y'all shouldn't have been running her mouth. I'm going to take <laughs> my earrings off and I'm going to get in it too. Right. You know what I mean? So like, why can't we recognize that God is going to do the same thing? If someone slights you for saying yes to him, he's got a
1: whole lot more for you lined up on the Absolutely. other side. Absolutely. I think that is the perfect way to look at it. Like the bottom line is, especially for those of us that are in our own companies, right? It's your company. It's yours. You get to create the bylaws. You get to to create, right? You get to do everything. You get to decide. And the people who come to work with you, for you, they're making a decision based on a clear understanding and embodiment of who you are and who you be inside of your company. Yeah. Our job descriptions make it very clear who we are spiritually. And everyone who comes to work here, they actually love that we are taking that bold stand ab- about it. And yeah, so the yeah. bottom line, in my opinion, and I'm very interested in hearing yours as well, is like the way you experience a God shift is to just make a bold decision, right? That you want the fullness of God, whatever that means and whatever that looks like, without apology, without unequivocation, like whatever it is, because God knows, he knows the the number of the hairs on your head, right? Yeah. And just trusting, you said trust earlier. And, you know, it's one of those five little words that people get in trouble because they want to trust that the chair will hold them. Mm -hmm. They want to trust that their car will start when they push the little button. I mean, you know, shout out to those of you who still got a key and you turning. Yeah. (laughs) Because if your car (laughs) is still running, I praise you, right? I celebrate (laughs) you. But they want to trust all of those things, but they don't want to treat, they don't want to trust the creator of the universe. The lover of our souls, the one who saw us, who chose us, who approved us before our mom and dad even got busy. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah.
0: I would like to give a little warning about a God shift though, because I think we've talked about a lot of things that we can do to put our God shift in motion. But I can tell you what I did. Like my first God shift was from God. My second God shift I imposed on myself. Mm -hmm. So when the Lord gave me the vision for ministry, I was in Bali, Indonesia, On a spiritual retreat, and I vividly saw what he said my ministry was gonna consist of. He said I was gonna preach and teach in stadiums, I was gonna have a television show, and I was gonna work with celebrities and politicians. I saw it as well as I see you right now. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I thought to myself, well, I know that you can, you know, do it like this, but more than likely that's not going to happen in the next 90 days or whatever. And the word tells us that he will bless what he puts our hands to. And I understand the importance of being in action. So what I did was I made the grave mistake of taking that new vision and filtering it through old perspective. Mm -hmm. So I created a coaching business out of it Mm -hmm. because anytime you've been in a certain industry, for any amount of time or doing anything for any amount of time it's so easy to filter everything new through that old lens because you mm-hmm. could come to me and say hey i'm going to start selling this great product and i'd like a girl you can create a program teaching people how to use it and charge $7500 you know what i mean because <laughs> right, right. i've been in that world for so long right so when i was trying to think about you know god told me ministry and i created the coaching business out of it so that means that for the second half of 2019 and all of 2020 I knew that what I was doing was too small. I felt as though the anointing on my life was bigger than what I had created. And I didn't love it. Like, mm-hmm. did it help people? Yes. Was it good? Yes. Did I love it? No. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting, you know, in my house, December of 2020, doing what most of us do who are in business, trying to make plans for the next year. And I knew something had to be recalibrated, but I was like, I don't know if it's the messaging. I don't know if it's the audience, and so everything I would write, I didn't love it. Everything I would write, I didn't love it. So I called on two of my, bis- my best business buddies, who you know, I called on Pat Perkins and Doreen Rainey. And I said, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a Thursday afternoon. I believe it was December the 30th. And I said to them, what is the time that both of y'all can get on a Zoom for about 20 minutes? Like, I really thought that that's all it was gonna take. So we got on the Zoom on December the 30th. I don't remember if it happened that exact day or not, but I was telling them, I didn't have the language for it then, but what I was trying to say to them was that I'm looking for something that can be a movement. Like I'm not looking for a tagline, I'm not looking for a program name, but I'm not loving anything that I created. But I said, but you know, so we we're talking through some things and I said, well, you know, I've been saying for some time, like if you're going to get on the other side of disruption, if you're going to get on the other side of you know, burnout, whatever it is, a God shift is required. Mm -hmm. And so two and a half hours in to this (laughs) this 20 minute minute zoom, (laughs) Doreen gives me the side eye, like only Doreen Rainey can give and said, well, then why don't you create that? Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. A God shift. Like, that's it. And I said, you know, you were, this is what Doreen was saying to me. Like you were saying that, you know, that God doesn't have to be wrong by wrong. You weren't even on the ladder. God told you television, stadiums, celebrities and politicians and you over here creating five day <laughs> challenges and coaching. Like, what are we? What? What did he show you? Well, then why is that not what you created? And so that's the moment that the Godship movement was birthed, was on that Zoom. And, you know, a couple of days later, I wrote the book. I rebranded the podcast. And produced the television show and did the whole first season. And so I say that to say, don't make the grave mistake of when God gives you a new vision of doing the knee jerk reaction of filtering that through old perspective, because that's what you will do automatically.
1: That's so good. Shane, what you'll do
0: automatically. And I wasted a year and a half. So, my first God shift in 2018, when things dried up because he was trying to open my eyes that he was calling me to ministry, that was my first God shift. And that was God shifting me. I brought that second God shift on myself because I filtered that new vision through old perspective. I've wasted a lot of time.
1: That's so good.
0: Yeah, a lot of time.
1: You have been warned, good people who are listening. I'm loving this conversation and I really don't want to let you go, but I know I need to, we need to honor each other's time. But before I let you go, a couple of things I want to share with you, and then I have a couple of questions I always like to ask to round out the interview. So Move to Millions, I don't even know if I ever told you this story. So it's only been at the time of the recording of this particular episode, it hasn't even been a year yet since God gave me Move to Millions. October the 23rd, we were on at the final day of my event, Breakthrough in Business, which was a three-day spiritual alignment incubator. He said, move to millions. Well, first he said, you know, this is the last time you're doing this event, right? And I was like, I know now. I know now. And then he goes, move to millions. And that's all he says is move to millions. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? I'll tell you later. About a week later, he gave me the acronym for MOVE. So MOVE stands for mastery, operational obedience, vision, and execution. And then he said, and it's not just about the money. It's about the income, but it's about the impact. And I have gone, you know, we are, we're going full throttle. We're in a rebrand right now at the time of this recording. By the time you guys hear this episode, the rebrand will be complete. We've been changing everything over, going hard and fast on working with six-figure service-based entrepreneurs who want to build a business that serves them financially and spiritually to and beyond the million dollar mark while deepening their connection and alignment and faith to the father, right? So all the way in. And I share this with you because without you even knowing that, We talked a lot today about the O, the operational obedience, and I wanted to point that out to you because it was our own God moment without me purposely saying that to you, just to see how the conversation would go, just knowing that where you are right now and where we are taking other people is so in alignment. I just wanted to honor and celebrate that for you. So I have a couple of questions for you before I can let you go. Okay. Okay. And again, this is like my way, we seldom talk about business, although we we had a couple moments of business in this conversation, but this is my way of grounding out because our listeners are entrepreneurs and small business owners, right? So they're coming to listen to this podcast, not just to hear me pontificate on the principles of abundance and how we can unlock them, but also to look for those small nuggets that are gonna help them to get to another place inside of their business. So my first question is, what is the last book you read mm-hmm. and it can't be your own book
0: no it's not my own okay, i probably read my own again to be honest with you but um <laughs> the, i'm actually reading right now oh god i'm probably going to butcher the title of this is it the emancipation of hurry
1: mm, that sounds good right
0: actually. reading it it's been basically toxic. oh yes it is the world of hurry mm-hmm. and we can't create what it is that we need to create we definitely can't deserve you know can't serve god and in that and so i'm reading that right now I love really that. I'm not. I'm not far into it yet, but based mm-hmm. on what I've read so far, my pastor used to say, if you can't say amen, say ouch. I've had a lot of ouch moments.
1: <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to get it because she did mention that book to us. I don't even remember where we were, but she did mention it. Oh, we had a dinner when I was in Atlanta filming for our, my docu-series, Move to Millions, and that's where she mentioned it. And then my second one is, is what is a quote that you live by that whenever you get out of alignment or unsure about your next step, what is the quote that brings you back?
0: Keep going even when you don't feel like it.
1: I love that. And then my last one is about the tool. Is there a tool that you would swear by that has been absolutely essential in your journey of being in the marketplace while also being a minister? Is there a tool? Hmm.
0: It's kind of a tool that I created for myself, if you will. Because, you know, talking about this conversation of it's not just business, like the Godship movement is not the only thing I do. I own an assisted living facility. I, you know, I do, I have my hands in a lot of different things at the same time. And if it weren't for the fact that I don't operate off of to-do lists, that I operate off of appointments, there's no way that I could, that I could get everything done. Like I'm on the leadership team of a, of a ministry. I've got the assisted living facility. I've got the Godship movement. And so my tool is my calendar. I don't create to-do lists because to me, just the word to-do is the indication that it's going to get done later. Mm-hmm. Anything I need to get done, I create it like an appointment and I put it on my calendar and I treat it like a doctor's appointment. That's the like only way that. that I get everything done.
1: I love it. And I love that reframe on to-do lists too, because mm-hmm. that just means it's going to get done later versus setting the time up to actually get it done when it needs to be done. That's good. That's, that would feed the procrastination spirit for those of us who love the point of procrastination. This has been amazing. And I any-
0: Don't get me wrong.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, me too, girl. Like my, I live my life on a whole list. Like, cause I am easily distracted. So it's not the just dis- disruptions that get me. It's just the day to day. distractions. <laughs> yeah. Like the, when I used to have the sound on my email, the email would go off and I'm like, Oh, I gotta go see somebody's trying to talk to me. Like I'm that important that At that moment, I need to stop what I'm doing and go see what's going on in the world. So I'm easily distracted. So I need a good list, but I totally get that. Anything else you want to share with the people in closing before we call it an episode?
0: In closing, I would say that every day that you don't access the wisdom and information that you need is a day delayed to answering the amazing life that's calling. You know, so figure out where it is that you need you. Elevate his position in your life and put your God shift in motion.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for being here, Shana.
0: I know this is going to
1: bless so many people that will be coming back to this episode over and over and over again. And we'll make sure we put all of your information in the show notes so that they can reach out to you.
0: Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you, Danielle.
1: You're welcome. How are you feeling? Did you experience a shift? I told you at the onset that this conversation with Shana was going to be straight fire. So many amazing nuggets available to you. If you enjoyed our conversation, you'll want to make sure you check out the show notes. That'll give you all the information you need to plug into Shana, her podcast, and her TV show. I had so many notes from this episode. There's so many things that Shana said that just really resonated deeply with me, starting at the top of our time together when she talked about feeling splintered in our business. Right. And I got to share my own story about how I made the bold decision to take a bold stand for God and how that's made all of the difference in the way that I get to show up today in the marketplace It made it easy. Right. I talked about how that next year we had 265 people at our event versus the 68 we had the year before. But what I didn't share with you in this particular time is that that was also the first year we did a million dollars in three days. As soon as I decided to take that bold stand and experience my own shift and God, he showed up for me fully and it showed up in my business to let me know that I could love God. I could take a bold stand for him and make boatloads of money at the same time. And that is what I want you to understand. You do not have to choose. You can love God and you can make lots of money. They are not mutually exclusive because God wants you to have it. He wants you to have the resources that is gonna create influence in the marketplace so that others will be drawn to the God in you and seek him for himself. I loved when she talked about all of the story around her own shift. And when she said, you guys remember this, when she said the warning at the end to make sure that when you are now clear that you are to experience a God shift, that you don't make the mistake of putting your new revelation into an old process. Oh, that was so good. 18 months, Shana said, that she spent doing something that she wasn't supposed to do because she went back to what was familiar. When you experience a shift, keep moving in the direction of the shift so that you don't miss God and you don't miss what's waiting for you. There are so many things that she said. I loved how she said that disruption is always an invitation. And when we got to talking about money, you guys know I love talking about money, right? Right. The more money you make, the more people you impact. And so for those of you who have been questioning whether or not you should be charging more and earning more inside of your business and what that's really going to mean, all it's going to mean is that you have more to impact. I stopped setting revenue goals a few years ago in my business, and I started setting tithe goals. And so I get really, really excited looking at the income that comes in and thinking about the checks I'm going to get to write out. Not the checks to pay my team, and I'm grateful to have an amazing team that I get to pay. Not the checks to pay for the all of the software and things that we use, but the checks that I get to write to help others do the work that advances the kingdom. That's what I get excited about. And in, just in case you're wondering, when I tithe, I don't just tithe to church ministries. I tithe to all types of organizations because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. When I shifted, when I had a God shift to start focusing on tithe goals instead of revenue goals, my income jumped again. I hope that you have some amazing nuggets that you've taken away from this conversation with Shana and that you are ready to encounter your very own God shift. I want to also just give a quick shout out to the Move to Millions group on Facebook. That is our free exclusive online community and you are invited to join us there. If you go to movetomillionsgroup.com, you'll get an opportunity to answer a few questions and come into our community for free. Every single week I show up and I do free trainings exclusively for this group plus there'll be other opportunities to be served and supported by my team inside of our community i can't wait to see you there because that's where we continue the conversation if you enjoyed this episode i want you to go to the move to millions group and share your biggest ahas and share with other people what you're taking away from this powerful conversation with shayna until we meet again remember that if you don't come for millions millions ought to come from you. That is God's desire and birthright for you. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. The way I see it, you deserve a business that generates millions. If you're ready to get started, grab our Move to Millions Quick Start Guide and join our online community at movetomillionsgroup.com. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright. And to access them, all you have to do is move. I'll see you next time. Take care.